In this slightly alternative Maker Series podcast, I'm talking to the founder and maker of Moss and Metal, Jodie Fry. How are you, Jodie? Uh, I'm very well, thank you. I'm good today. How are you? I'm good and I'm kind of peering out. Yes, I can see blue sky, so <laughs> that's good. <Yay. laughs> it was torrential yesterday and last night. Uh, it was oh, quite yeah. stormy, wasn't it? And Yes, but, it, but somewhat cosy, isn't it? It's like, yeah, when it's raining outside, you can cosy up inside. So yeah, it's nice. Well, I'll get straight to the questions as I like to. And I would love to know how your journey into creativity started. How young were you? Was it at school or was it prior to school? Um, one of those, probably, I can't remember not being creative, to be honest, in some form. Um, I, well, I started off as a dancer. Amazing. Um, at the age of three, I think I started going to lessons. Wow. So, which sounds amazing, but I mean, <laughs> that's like dressing up in a bunny costume and like, <laughs> Oh, I know, I know. (laughs) We did that too. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, so yeah, I started off as a dancer. I was always uh, into music and drawing, and if I wasn't at rehearsals, I'd be in my room drawing, locked away, sort of thing. Um, uh, Yeah, I carried that on from school. Uh, Did art at college. I probably skipped quite a few years ago, haven't I? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's what it was. Art at college, and then after that, I was auditioning. Mm. And I went to London to train as a dancer for five years. And then six years actually. And then after that, I just did freelance work as a dancer professionally. And probably started doing more of the art scene when I was about 25, 26. And I started doing my first sort of craft markets. And that's sort of how it it started happening as like a, another profession, if you like. So... You did dance when you were much younger, then you went yeah. through school, you went to art college, did you say? Or did you go to no, dance? Just, just North Devon North North College. Devon college. And yeah, what yeah. did you do there? Did you do dance? No, I did the arts uh, B-Tech. Ah, so you did. So it's interesting how dance and art has really kind of flowed throughout your life. And yeah. yeah. It was always a bit of a... a, a you know, my parents were always very supportive and, you know, I could do either one. It was fine. It was just like, which one are you going to do? <laughs> um, but, you know, I just thought, yeah, I chose dancing to run with after college just because of age and yeah. I get injured and blah, 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 blah. Um, but, yeah, I wanted to do it at college, so I had that foundation sort of back up. That was my sensible head that I had up. I love the fact, I love the fact that you see art as a backup because most people would see something like, I don't know, (laughs) uh, something far more academic as a backup and then they would do art. So I love the fact (laughs) that you saw art as a backup and that your parents saw that as well. How fabulous. I just love that. I know, very lucky. Well, now I'm in my 30s, it's it's kind of hard to say that sentence without laughing because now I know that it's not back up. It's, yeah, I probably should have been <laughs> something else, but never mind. No, not at all. I think that's wonderful. And it really, <laughs> I think if more people thought that way and really followed 
their passions, I think a lot of people would be more happy. Okay, they would learn a lot, perhaps, or perhaps not a lot more struggle through that because, yeah, maybe it is harder than going and getting a nine to five job. But also I think to have the the courage and being brave enough to follow that passion is a massive thing. It's so important in, in well, in my life anyway. And yeah, so I just love that. I love that. That's fantastic. So through school and that, you were still doing dance where you, so you just carried both on like parallel? I mean, yeah, I think dance had more of the focus at that time. It was it was always what I wanted to like do, I, I guess. The dream was always move to London. My life's a movie. I'm going to be a dancer. Blah, blah, blah. So that was, yeah, Saturday. Weekends were dancing. After school was dancing. And art was kind of my downtime, my relaxing hobby. That was always there for me. It was my, my little buddy. <laughs> And what age did you go to London? I was 18. Similar to my yeah. sister. So my sister um, went, grew up in Clovelly. Well, we both grew up in Clovelly. And then at the age uh. of 18, she left for London. And it's and it, you must have found it the same in the way that you're moving from North Devon. And then suddenly you're in London. <laughs> it's quite a transition. Yeah. I mean, well, I kind of... I was considering going at 16, oh, but again, I kind of wanted a, a, another qualification in case I wanted uni or all that sort of stuff. But I, no, I was ready to get out of Devon by that point, so I was just excited. I was, yeah, I was, yeah, straight out the gate. <laughs> <laughs> Can you talk a bit about, because in my opinion, dancing obviously is incredibly creative. Talk a bit, a little bit about your time in London and how you found yourself in London dancing and just a little, you don't have to touch too much upon that, but it would be lovely to hear a bit about your experience of London and dancing and getting work and training. And yeah, that would be lovely to learn about from you. Um, God, it just seems like another lifetime, but it was, <laughs> it was awesome. It was so exciting. And like I say, just so different to Devon. It had been such a long build up of training and that and then suddenly you're there and you're like ah it's like, oh, it's more training but it was hard but it was so rewarding like I've met so many amazing people I've seen like so many cool theatres and like travelled and yeah and I I don't know yeah it was just it's really hard to explain unless you've been in the industry yeah. but it's a lot smaller than people realise but it's very very special um, and yeah, I've got no regrets of it at all. I'm so glad I did it. So after I'd finished my training, which was yeah, about six years, and then I came home for about six months and then I moved to Bristol, which is actually mm. where I did most of my freelance work. Um, I, yeah, I love Bristol. It was a very supportive dance network. Like we'd all help each other get oh. auditions. If a job wasn't right for you and yeah. you knew a friend, you'd be like, oh, this is, this is a good role for you. Like you should go for this or... So, Lovely. Yeah. Did you have an agent or, or did you mainly, no? So you're... No, I think if I'd kept going yeah. uh, in London, I would have got an agent. Yeah. But Bristol, I was, like, sometimes I'm doing circus, sometimes I'm doing a music video, sometimes I'm doing ballet. Like, so it was just, again, lucky dip sometimes. Yeah. I'm just, yeah, go for the audition that's there. <laughs> Amazing. And so you, fin you came back mid-twenties did you to Devon or yeah 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 
23, I think. So do well, sorry, after Bristol. Yes. Yeah. That would be 26, yeah. And so have you carried on dancing here, but I guess in a different way perhaps, but um yeah, so I came back because uh I, I guess I was a bit poorly in the end. Okay. So I decided to step back from dance for a little bit. So I had a couple of years off. Um, and yeah, I have revisited it for fun. I did some lockdown projects of Dancing Feet, which is the school that I grew up with in Bronson. Amazing. Amazing. But um, yeah, no, it's more of a, I, I, I dip in and out of it quite infrequently now. I do miss it, but yeah, Moss, Moss and Metal's kind of taken over well, a bit now. There's, I guess you, I always see it, it's like chapters. So you, you had, uh you had you had the dancing at the forefront for a length of time because the beauty of having two passions which i think is like a lifesaver sometimes i find <laughs> you can then pull back from one and then bring the other into the forefront there's that option and often life or timings kind of instigate what comes forward or not and there's that beautiful it's almost like a life dance of the parallels kind of one thing coming forward and then the other thing going back and then you never know when it might come forward again that's how I find my life I've been advent uh, outside instructor for a while and then that's come back and then drama and then that's come back and even within my projects and my filmmaking there's projects that come forward and then go back and then the other one comes forward and I think that's really lovely because then you can shape your life and your lifestyle around your passions in the most authentic and helpful way um, and you can adapt to the times and I think especially in this last year everyone has been learning a lot about adapting to difficulties within the economy, um, as well as job security and that kind of thing. And th this is where I've seen creatives really striding forward because they're so adaptable. Right, um, yeah. And able to bring other things forward and to adapt to a situation. So that's lovely to hear that you've had those two passions um, going forward. And now you've got Moss and Metal. Um, which is just such a lovely, I love seeing your stuff on Instagram. I'm just constantly, it's like uh, gifts for the eyes. Like I love seeing your work. <laughs> <laughs> and so how did Moss and Metal come about? So you've come back and you start to create. What are you creating at this point? So I started doing, in Bristol, I started doing a few markets and a, a couple of independent illustration jobs just because it's a super ugly city. So these things yeah. came up, oh, I'll, give, I'll give that a go, why not? And then, yeah, so I came back home from dancing. I was, you know, I've done it all my life. So it was like, what the hell, who, what, what am I now? What yeah. do I do? So I had this extra <laughs> time because life was so fast and it was like, I wasn't working at a coffee job, like I'd be rehearsing or it was just so crazy. And then I had all this, time to fill so I had time to do it again and then and then I started putting things on Instagram because I'd always, always been quite uh protective about my drawings and embroidery and whatever because there was no need to put it out there because it was for me 
uh, but then I started putting things out on Instagram and people started saying, oh, I can, can I have that? Like, oh, <laughs> people want this, I can sell this, that's weird. But yeah, at the time, I guess I was more doing illustration and uh, my embroidery hoops. Yeah. Sweary, cross-stitch and things like, probably what I started with. <laughs> and you really, I love your humour. Uh, your humour is great. <laughs> I, it's because, not for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> because you've got, you can make really beautiful pieces, but also you've got a like slightly edgier side, which is just like bullseye sometimes the words that you use it's like yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and um, it's great I love that I love that humor and that's your that's you know your uniqueness that's what you're bringing to your work and and so currently how many different things do you, is in your moss and metal collection that you make so I've got my embroidery my illustration and my leather work, I think, are the three big ones. Some pyrography, which is like the wood burning. I did have macrame as quite a big part of my work, um, which I'm still dipping in and out of. But yeah, lockdown happened. And obviously a lot of other people had time to learn new skill as well. So it sort of got made, which is not like a, a slander or anything. It's awesome that people like picked up a new skill, but it, just, it didn't feel like there was a place to, for it in the business anymore. Sure which is fine. And then it prompted me to get into leather work and just learn something new, which yeah. is a is a nice, it's a good thing. So yeah, about four or five things. <laughs> you started making things. How did you get into selling? You talked about the markets. Was that kind of the first place you started or? Yeah, yeah, I think markets were the, the first. Yeah, markets and Instagram. And I still use Instagram as like probably my main yeah. tool, to be honest. So I think, you know, there's only one of me. I'm, you know, I'm pretty transparent with who I am. I'm not like this big business. I'm just, it's just me. So I like having the one-to-one -one conversations with people or like, yeah. and maybe I can like customize things and like, I really enjoy that part of it. But then I do have my Etsy for like my books and things. And when it gets busier, that makes, it's just a better business choice for me because that's the price. That's what they are. Yeah. If you like it, then you're more than welcome to buy it. But like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's a bit quicker, I imagine. It's like people yeah. put it in their basket, buy, done, and you yeah. send it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I'm definitely aiming to go down the website wholesaler sort of route. Ah, okay. But I think I'm going to get to a point where it'd be nice for someone else to sell it for me. <laughs> yeah, to but have you know, a stockist. Yeah. Yeah, Because as well would be like, I'm sure everyone else has said this as well, but you have to be photographer, content creator, admin, like, you know, it just is... It's great, but when it gets busy, which is what you're aiming for, it's you can't be all the things no. and do them well. So definitely, it's like a balance because it's really, in one way, we all moan about having to do everything, but <laughs> there are definite pros to that because it's all you, authentically you, in a way, isn't it? You get you have control over everything, but it's a balance between that and then burning out. <laughs> um, yeah because you become, you know, uh, in demand, which is obviously what we all want. Um, so yeah, it's definitely a balance. And, and of course you can do both. You can have stockists that do it their way, sell it their way, but with your brand and your content, and then you can still carry on with your own. So yeah, there's, there's many ways of doing this. There's no right or wrong, is there really? It's yeah. just finding what works, works for you. For you. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. 
you grew up in North Devon. How did you find, other than obviously you had really supportive parents, how did you find growing up in North Devon being a creative? Hmm. <laughs> well, there's a good reason that I wanted to get out when I was younger. Yeah, I think I found it quite difficult, actually. I think I was, I was a bit of an oddball, which I now know isn't an oddball, it's just a creative. And yeah. that's just, <laughs> you are. Me but, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Emo's unite. Um, yeah, no, it was fine. I didn't like, it wasn't terrible, but yeah, I, I definitely knew this wasn't the pace for me at that time. I knew there's yeah. a lot more to see. And again, I'm not slating there. Then I came back mm -hmm. to it. I love, I love it here. Like it's gorgeous. But yeah, when you're trying to figure out which bit you want to fit into or who you are, trying to make yeah. sense of all that, and like, yeah, to get inspired as well. That's the main thing I took from being away. Was like again meeting all these different people, yeah, all these different cultures. Like it was just that was. That was very important to me and I'm really glad I did that because yeah Devon's great but there isn't a lot and I yeah I would also say now uh, please say that if I'm wrong I would see that there are a lot of creative industries you can do in North Devon but there are limitations in my understanding for theatre and dance um there's you know obviously a landmark and there's the Queen's and there are really good schools, like you've already mentioned, um, and performing arts schools. I went to one, like kind of not schools, I guess, but you know, Saturdays kind of thing. But when you're trying to make a living from dance, I imagine around here, it's being a teacher. I, I, I can't imagine other than local productions, there is a limitation there. Would you say that's right or? In North it, Devon, so, like I'm not as involved in the scene as I was, and I think it's a bit different now. But it's mainly, yeah, mainly teaching work, especially in North Devon. There is there's a Plough Arts Centre, and there's oh, lots yeah. of things that are popping up yeah. now, which is amazing. I think it's similar, you know, to the creative creative art scene as well. Like people are realizing that if there's not an opportunity here, then they have to build that for themselves. So there Definitely. are more independent projects and companies and things that are starting to happen now, which is really cool to see. But yeah, 10, 12 years ago, nothing. It was, if you want to do that, then you have to go to London. That was, that was what you did. Yeah. It was, yeah, you don't go here and be a dancer when I was growing up. And in the end, go to London rather than, because that's where, you know, that's where the place to be is, isn't it? it it's not to start with anyway, I know you ended up in Bristol, but it is London because they've got the West End and you know, it depends what kind of dancing you want to get into. It's what I thought at the time, yeah. but now I know that like, you know, there's Northern uh, Dance School, there's Wales, so there is so much more than just London, which cool. I now know, but you know, it is the capital of it, like it is, yeah. but you know, there are other avenues for sure. Cool. <laughs> If you had any advice for dancers or for creatives wanting uh, their own kind of brand, their own, you know, in lots of different areas that you do and and you've been told or the idea is that we well, need to do one thing well or you'll prove you're a proof that you can do lots of things well. Do you have any advice for those aspiring creatives? Yeah, I was just going to say it's, it's funny. Uh, being asked for advice when I'm the one who I already feel 
always feel like I need advice. I'm like, am I doing this okay? <laughs> You've, um, just keep finding the joy in what you're doing is what I'd say. You know, I think I said to you earlier, I had a few comments of you need to streamline what you're doing and simplify it because it will make it a better brand and blah, 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 or whatever. But that's not why. And I tried that and then it wasn't fun anymore. And I do creative things because they're fun to me. And I like if I'm feeling a certain way one day, then, I, then I'm not going to do that or do this other thing because that's what makes me happy. And I think you can see in someone's work if they're not, if there's not, joy or love in it it's not it's not the same so I think that would be my advice I know it sounds quite fluffy advice but I think it's important to keep and like make time to play because you know whatever you do when you earn money from it it becomes a job like it's not always fun and like finger painting and all this sort of stuff (laughs) but so then you have to structure your time and manage your time so you have that space in your week to make something for yourself or to play with a different medium or to if you're a dancer just dance to non-serious music and you don't have to make it pretty it's just moving and you will create a new pattern in that and yeah that's my advice (laughs) fantastic do you think do you ever feel like your dance influences your art and vice versa not really I don't think which maybe it does and I've just not really thought about it no, I don't think it does. And that's why I think I quite like them because yeah. I can put one for the other and it's not yeah. the separate one emotionally, emotionally yeah. tied. Yeah. And I think that's what I need when I step needed when I stepped away from dancing or something that just wasn't wasn't that for a bit. Definitely. I think it can be really nice to have things that are very separate and you have use a different part of your brain or whatever for one thing and then you switch it to the other. I think that's a really nice thing and also, I'm interested about, because you you like to learn new ways of doing things and that, when you decide, right, I want to try such and such, is there any like process to learning it that you go through? Or is it just deep diving into that kind of and trialing and error? And how do you learn a new skill? I think it is just that deep diving. And I'm, I'm one of those persons personalities where if I'm going to do something I'll I'll do the heck out of it (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that'd be like all I can think about and all I can do for even if it's 10 minutes or an hour or weeks that's that's how I learn like I'm probably a bit obsessive over it but so I don't think there's any like method it's just if I'm into it then I'll be like okay you... And also, the internet is a wonderful tool. I was just, YouTube. Yes, I was just <laughs> going to ask: Do you read books or do you watch videos or yeah? Yeah, I do read books. I'm quite um, more of a visual learner, so I like watching how you know, your hands, like how yes. things manage that. And then you go, ah, oh, okay. And then you go, oh, how does that work with my hands? And like, what do I need to do to get the same result? But that works for me. And yeah, again, just playing. You said there was a period of illness. Um, yeah. And that's when you came back to Devon, did you? Or Yeah, that's yeah. when I sort of um, didn't know what was going to happen with dancing at the time, but I just knew that I needed to step away from it from, for a little while, for however long that was. Um, yeah, so I've, I've always struggled with mental health since I was a teenager. Um, uh, so I was always a little bit unwell, but again, back then we just didn't 
I don't want to like tick too many stigma boxes of time to talk and rah, 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 like, but it just wasn't spoken about back then. Like I'd never even heard of anxiety. Like you didn't say that you had depression, especially as a dancer, like back then you don't, because that's, you know, that's a reason to not get hired, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. So yeah, by the time I was, yeah, 25, I was, yeah, I was not very good. I was, wasn't sure what was going on. Uh, so then I came home and yeah, and that's when I did more of my art as well. And I've kind of, part of Moss and Metal is the art heals philosophy. Yeah. Because um, that, it kind of acts as my therapy mm -hmm. as well. Um, so that's why it's extra important to me. And yeah, that's where the metal comes from in Moss and Metal. It's uh, metal means sort of the courage to keep going and persevere. And that's explains that word because yeah everyone's like how do you spell that <laughs> what have i done <laughs> <laughs> meaning i promise <laughs> i don't know if i answered your question you did yes beautifully and yes i was just say that i completely relate to that uh use of art in healing and well-being and because being ill with a chronic illness and also I think having anxiety even though it was kind of I would say perceived as oversensitivity or you know you're you're too sensitive or <laughs> uh, for yeah. a long time that was the language and I don't know if that's anxiety but definitely that you know you're too sensitive was was quite a big part of my youth um, and so being ill for a long time, I had a shed, I had an art shed and I would just let whatever came out of me again, playing, no one was there to, it wasn't like I was going to sell it. I wasn't going to give it to me. It was all just for me and just let whatever needed to come out. And it was quite scary sometimes, not to me, but other people perhaps looking at what was coming out. <laughs> but for me, it was just like, yeah but I'm so glad that's out of me, <laughs> you know, it's not in me anymore. Um, so yeah, it's it, it certainly, for me, helped dramatically. Um, so yeah, I can relate to that. And I think there's something similar, like obviously dance is very physical, but making it can also be very physical, but also very, well, dance is mindful too, but there's something about the act of doing until you lose yourself in the doing. Um, and it becomes just a muscle memory and you're just doing and your mind, it's, it is a form of meditation. I think we can have meditation in all sorts of ways, but I would say making with our hands is definitely one. And, and you were talking about earlier that you like working with leather because it's more physical and I imagine it's very tactile as well. Um, and there's something about that, for me anyway, which I kind of, and maybe this is why I took up weaving is because I missed that as a filmmaker. Okay, I get the heavy equipment and the hardness and it's mostly made for men, so it's all too heavy. <laughs> You know, the, the backpack hurts because it's not arched to my back or the straps across my boobs. And so I get the physicality of filmmaking, but a lot of it's not, you know, that. So when I started weaving and it was soft merino wool and 
the motion of it. It just, for me during lockdown, which was very traumatic, I had a lot of health issues in lockdown. It's just like ridiculous. Um, to have that to come back to center again and touch, um, physical touch or something was just something I can't, it doesn't, it doesn't compare to many other things other than maybe a hug, uh, that physical, which in lockdown I couldn't, I was completely on my own for six months. So to have that motion and that, so yeah, again, I've gone off on one, but there's no, something it's, about no, it's that. Nice. Yeah. It's nice. completely, I completely agree. Because again, without going too like, you know, trigger central, I was, I was later on diagnosed with BPD, uh, which is also, known as emotionally unstable personality disorder right which is an epic name we love that it really helps with sensitivity blaming you know <laughs> but no i spent a bit of time in hospital um but they had this art room that oh. i was allowed to go in and it was basically like just just fill your boots sort of thing so nice. in this place that like say like it's not the same as your experience in lockdown which sounds horrible but it was very isolating that place to be it wasn't the most fun environment but having that space to yeah, use your hands and like the tactileness of the different materials. It, was, it just helped me like with sensory overload. It just kind of stabilized me. And Definitely. like you say, it's, it's a bit like a hug again without being fluffy, but it is. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's your home, isn't it? It's your outlet. It's like giving yourself a hug without someone, you know, it, yeah, it's coming home in a way I find, but also you, even if it just fo refocuses, cause I don't know a huge amount about, um, is it BPD? And I can't remember the long, long text yeah. that you just said. That's, quite a, that's not quite a mouthful. <laughs> but for me, when my mind, so I um, recently diagnosed with OCD. So my mind will just uh, like compulsively think about something over and over again. And, and so to, they say, move, do something, refocus. And so making can, yeah, that, sent, that, that is all of those things. It's refocusing on the thing, it's movement, it's changing, it's stopping that compulsion to think, think, think obs obsessively about something. I always think like I've got enough health issues that I don't really, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I thought all that part, anxiety, yeah. stress, obsession was just like, no, I can't have that as well. This is just me. I just feel these ways. And because you can't hop into someone else's body and get relief or feel how they're feeling, it, it yeah. kind of just feels like this is what human is. Yeah. And you don't know anything yeah, else. exactly. I have this as well. And I'm like, how is everyone else doing this? Like, we all feel like, I'm like, Christ, like, are you okay? Like, <laughs> how are you going to work every day? I don't understand if this is what human is. Yeah. So it's like that recognition of, okay, my brain works differently, as most people's yeah. do to one another. Uh, what is normal in the end, who knows? Um, and it's like figuring out what centres. Cool. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I feel like I've brought... <laughs> no, I'm, to be honest, I'm, I'm pretty used to openly talking about things and yeah I think there are there are bits that I do I want to be able to talk about it because it's, it's tough it's so tough well, like some days are better than others to talk about it yes. but 
you know, not to make it too mental healthy, like when I was diagnosed three years ago, I'd never, again, I'd never heard of BPD or EUPD. And I'm still like, try, I'm still trying to understand it and come to terms with it. And there's some very unpleasant things to read about it on the internet. And I'm like, that's not, that's not me, but there's still nothing about it out there. So I'm happy to talk about it. Because I have had some messages from my Instagram of someone going, oh, I didn't know you had that. Like, I've got it too. It's nice to... So yeah it can be really and I get this with my less about my mental health but more about my health and the fact that when I talk to someone about my health they're like oh my gosh you should be sharing this you know da 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 and yes it's a huge part of my life my health and my mental health as well on top but we are artists you're a dancer we we have other passions we have our own personalities and Parts of my health certainly shapes my personality, and hopefully for the good, so I connect with people. But it's it's another thing going right. Here's my badge, yeah, <laughs> and being known for I'm ill so jest, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and I've ta- I've struggled with that, and I still do. So thanks for you know being open. You know, like with this podcast, you're asking me about my journey and how I got to where I am and why I do it and you know I can't not bring it up because it is a huge part of why I'm here and why I'm back in Devon and not a dancer and you know and that's it's just part of part of the story so it's the journey I hope I'm not emotionally dumping not in the slightest (laughs) (laughs) I feel like maybe I've offloaded on you (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) thank you so much Jodie thank you for your honesty and yeah, I, I've loved hearing about your journey and and yes, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for yeah, thanks for listening to me waffle on. <laughs> well I feel like I've done a certain amount of waffling in this session. <laughs> so <laughs>